Am I on? No? Can you hear me? Do what? Um, oh, okay. It's, it's bad to be up here asking somebody if they can hear you when you can't hear, <laughs> can't hear thunder. So, <laughs> Oh, me. <clears throat> well, Dave and I, we, we've talked about, you know, when I first kind of gave you an overlay, <clears throat> we said, well, we're just going to hit the high points. Well, there are way too many high points in, in the time we have allocated. And so we've just decided we're just going to teach it as we go. And what's left at the end of the quarter, then we'll pick it up another day at another time. Uh, so, <clears throat> excuse me. I've, okay. I think everybody's ready. So when, when we, we met last week... <clears throat> Things were going pretty good. You know, Adam and Eve had had come on the scene. I do this because of my back. So anyway, they had come on the scene. <clears throat> they, you know, God had created everything, and things were good. But we come to chapter three, and that's when things start to happen that that are not good. And it's it's an old story. That I know we've heard a gazillion times, even from teaching our children to when we heard it when we were children. And it's never changed, and that's good. But we see in chapter 3 as it begins that man and woman fall to the temptations of the devil, and sin enters into the equation. In verse 3, of, excuse me, in verse 1 of chapter 3, it says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which Jehovah God had made. And he said to the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, Of the field of the trees of the garden we may eat, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, that we will not be able to eat that, lest we die. <clears throat> and the serpent then said to the woman, Well, surely you will not die, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you'll be as God, knowing good from evil. I find it ironic that, uh, that God chose a serpent. Now, my wife will tell you that there's very little in this world that I'm really afraid of. I'm just, I mean, that's just the way I'm made. But when it comes to snakes, I have no tolerance for them. And I will stay away from them as far away from them as I can be. I don't like to be around snakes. And many years ago when I was in the Army and we were going through survival training, it's down uh, at Fort Eglin Air Force Base in Florida where all the rangers and everybody goes to do their survival training. They dropped us off in pairs of two off the side of a road, and we had to go 20 miles through a swamp to get to the other side where they were waiting for us. We had 24 hours to do it. 
Well, my partner and I had gone maybe as far from here to that door back there, and I came across the largest rattlesnake that God ever made. I am convinced that thing was 20 feet long. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know when, when he got there, but I didn't slow down. I ran most of that 20 miles, and back then I could do it. I have no tolerance for snakes. But God used this as the beast of the field. And there's been a lot of debate. I've read a lot uh, this, this past week from different writers and, and, and what have you as to what, you know, was this really a snake? Was this really a serpent? And, you know, some even go so far as to say, well, it maybe it's just, you know, just he was using that terminology to, you know, to relate to something else. Well, I take the written word for what it says. He said it was a snake or a serpent. You know, God made every creature up to that point. So we have to think that, well, the snake had to have been good because he was pleased with what he had done. But the problem was Satan apparently had entered into the snake, if that's the way it really happened. And the purpose of that was to tempt Adam and Eve. And temptation has now, and sin, because they ate of it. And sin has entered into the equation. So the the serpent said, he asked Eve, he says, is it really the fact that God has prohibited you from eating all of the trees in the garden? Is it true that you really just partake of the Lord's Supper every first day of the week? Those are two parallel but totally different things. Satan is asking, well, is it really true what God told you to do? I mean, you know, let's use a little common sense. It's just a tree. The fruit is good. You know, you need to eat. So when we run across people today, they challenge us in the same way. They say, do you all take communion every Sunday? Well, yes. Why? Well, because that's God's directive to us. That's the way it was written into the New Testament. That's what the early churches did. That's what we do. But they question us, and, and we fall prey to it. And then we start thinking in our mind, well... You know, maybe it's not all of that relevant, but there is no irrelevance to God's word. It is what it is, and we don't ever want to be caught in the same predicament that that Eve was when she was confronted by the serpent. You know, are you sure that you really have to do this? Well, yes, we're really sure, because that's the way it was given to them, and that's the way it is. So Satan says, well, you're not really going to die, are you? No, you know, he, Satan is pretty, pretty crafty. He can convince us through deception that things are really not what they're really intended to be. And he contradicts what God has said to her. He says, you know, well, you're not going to die. Surely not. The devil took all the truth. He said, you know, your eyes are going to be open, knowing good and evil, and twisted the, the words so that, that even today we'll have doubts about what he really is asking us to do. So if you look at it from the standpoint that it was a lie, 
then Adam's and Eve's spiritual weakness, they gave in to it. But it wasn't a lie. They were just weak. And that is something that we have to come to grips with in all that we do as Christians even today. We have the written word. We have God's plan for us. And he, we have his laws and the things that we can do and the things that we can't do. And as members of the Church of Christ, we're, we're noted for being sticklers of following the, the written word. But you know what? We're also susceptible to temptation. We're also susceptible to being easily swayed sometimes. That's the reason, in my personal opinion, that's the reason is why we come together the first day of the week, like they always have, because we need this environment. This environment is what keeps us on track every day. That's why we come together on Wednesday night. It's like, you know, I don't want to use, we're close to the, the Corvette plant, but plug-in cars, they, they, they have to be recharged. We come on Wednesday night to get our batteries recharged. I don't know about you, but I look forward to it. And shame on some that don't, that could, if they would. But that's what we're talking about. You know, and we'll get on down just a little further that uh, when they were conflicted with this and tempted, uh, he asked Eve, you know, when God came or she came to him and, and God saying, is it true that you ate of that fruit? And she says, well, yes, but it was so good and I was hungry. She's trying to justify it. And I'm thinking of a, a good way to put this, but she was tempted and she knew she had done wrong. So when God confronts her with that, what does she do? She does what we always try to do. She tried to blame the serpent. How many of you here in here, well, several of you I know by looking at you, are old enough that back in the 70s there was a TV show called the Flip Wilson Show. Anybody remember that? Okay. Well, you know, part of his, his uh, program was he would dress up like this lady named Geraldine. And he had a counterpart that was, you know, his, it, with him. And, and they were always bantering back and forth, you know. And, and, and his counterpart was always saying, well, why did you do that? And he would slap his leg or his purse or whatever he had. And he, he'd say, well, the devil made me do it. And you know what? Sometimes we may subconsciously, we've got the same attitude, you know. And the lesson from that, not don't dress up in a dress and, and get on TV. That's all I'm trying to tell you. But you see what the point is. We're quick to blame somebody or something for everything that we do wrong. And that's what she was doing. She was trying to put the blame onto the devil. You know, clearly, she had the prerogative. She had heard the word of God himself telling her, you can do anything, eat anything in this garden, but you cannot eat from that tree over there. 
And what does she do? She succumbs herself. She lets herself be coerced by Satan to disobey the God that we serve. So as I said, all had been good up to this point. But now sin has entered the equation of the creation. And it's not good. And it's always been that way since then. But, you know, we're confronted with Satan even today. He, he can take true things and make them be untrue in our eyes, you know. He deceived Eve. He, he created doubt in her mind when he was asking her about that. And Adam and Eve had a spiritual weakness, and they gave in to it because... As soon as she had done it, she goes to, to Adam, and he wants some of that, or she tries to convince him that it's okay because the serpent said it was okay. So he did. And then God confronts both of them. Eve blames it on the serpent. What does Adam blame it on? Men. What does Adam blame it on? His wife. I've been married a long time. But let me tell you, don't ever blame your wife. I don't care whether she did it or not. That is not real smart. And, uh, but that's what she did. And the lesson take away from this is when you're tempted and you get to the point that you have to, to reconcile that with, with the Lord, don't try to blame it on anything and everything else. Your guilt is wide open, and he sees that. And it, it's, there's no way to justify willfully disobeying his law. There was a, back to the snake, I, I, I overlooked a note here, and won't, I won't dwell on this much, but a few years back in, well, in 2003, when you're as old as we are, the, the 2003 is just like yesterday. But there was a debate in, uh, at Florida College, the lectureship, and there were three preachers that were debating whether this is really a serpent or if, if the writer was just using some, you know, fictitious thing to, to cover that point. And they almost had a falling out over it. In fact, they, they were saying unkind things about each other. And Harm uh, will appreciate, you know, the brotherhood. We call it the brotherhood rag, the magazines that they put out. Well, they were starting to attack each other over this very issue. And, and the one brother just said, look, we all got out of the third grade, fourth grade, and we started learning to read. What does it say? It says serpent. A serpent is a snake. Don't try to make it anything it ain't. So, but that's, that's the nature of how we approach a lot of these things. When... Uh, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to her eyes, then she wanted it. You know, it, 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 it kind of falls upon us as, as people today. When we look at things and we make decisions on our own, I would say 99.9% .9 of the time, me included, that when we make decisions, we make decisions based on what 
we like and what we feel more than what we know that God would want us to do. And once Eve had concluded that the tree or the fruit was something to be desired, and uh, she fell through lust. And the scripture says that she was beguiled. And if you're beguiled, I don't use that word. You know, I, I never was good at English. You can tell the way I speak now. And my English teacher lived three doors down from me. And I used to, you know her, Miss Piper, used to, when, when grade cards came out every six months, usually Miss Piper was sitting in my living room with my mother explaining to her that, that I could do better. And we'll just leave it at that. But, you know, being beguiled is basically means we're, we're tricked. We're coerced un, unbeknownst to something. There was no trickery in this. They, we, we don't put it, at least I don't, I don't put it in the perspective that these are two people that God is speaking to, what, directly. And, and there should be no misunderstanding for that. But she was beguiled. And Adam at the same time was. And, and what happened after they did that? They, uh, their eyes were enlightened. And they, they, they found out what, what happened to them. What, what came upon them after they had done this? They what? They realized they were naked. Yeah. They all of a sudden realized, hey, I'm naked. And so God had set a punishment upon them, which is an example of the fact that when he commands and we disobey, there are always consequences. There is retribution from him. So at that point, they discovered that they were naked. And the devil had cast down on their understanding of these commands and through their sins and their their failure to follow God, then all of a sudden they were unclothed. In verse uh, 8, I think it is, yeah, verse 8, chapter 3 says, and they heard the voice of Jehovah walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of Jehovah, God, among the trees in the garden. How many of you remember? I'm looking around. Most of you know or have seen your grandchildren. Uh, and even when our children were the same. What happened when you got a two or three year old? And you tell them not to do something. What do they typically do when you get ready to punish them? Mine had an invisible light. All of a sudden, they were nowhere to be found. <laughs> and, and, and that's kind of the way, that, that's the way they found themselves. God wanted to say, where are you? And they were hiding from him among the trees in the garden. And there's no way... There's no way that we can hide from God. We may not see him visibly, but he sees us. And, and that's the lesson part of that, that 
we can't get away from it. And Adam and Eve had sinned. And at this point, then they are basically ashamed of what they've done, I think. And they ran and hid themselves because they knew that they had disobeyed God. But he knew where they were. It didn't take me long to find my boys because I knew exactly where they would go. And that, that's, that's, I think, the point that he's making here, that, that God knew where they were, but he called out to them so that they could answer for, for what they had done. The man answers telling God that, that he was afraid, not because he broke God's commandment, but because he was naked. You know, that's a diversionary tactic. I, I, I know I disobeyed you, Lord, but, you know, I had this problem over here. We've heard it all from our children. We've heard it from adults that we work with, people that let you down. They always have an excuse. And that's a, that's a good lesson to learn from this. When you do it, you own it. It's easier to straighten things out with God when you sin. Don't we have an avenue of approach to him? Don't ever try to deceive him because, as Hiram spoke so eloquently this morning, he's there. He knows exactly what we're doing and what we're not doing. But then he says, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you that you should not eat? So what do we do when we catch our children doing something that they're not supposed to do? What do they know is coming? There are consequences. There's always a consequence when we disobey God. And God points out their, their sins to them. You know, like I said, Eve blamed the serpent. Adam blamed the woman. But there's accountability. And that's the point that you need to hang on to in this part of the, this, this whole discussion. There is always, always accountability. I learned it when I was a child. My children learned it when they were children. My grandchildren have learned it. Their children have learned it. And we as Christians know it as well as anybody. That when we sin or when we do things that are not right, whether it's against a brother or sister or something that we've done in public, there always, always will be a consequence to that. And that's what is at, that, at the very root of this whole problem. It's a matter of blame and a consequence, the consequences of what we do or don't do. So God puts a punishment on them, on the serpent. What did he tell the serpent that he would do from then on? He'd crawl on the ground. He'd crawl on the ground eating dirt, I guess, for the lack of better words. Yeah. Well, I understand what you're saying, and that, that may be the case. But he had given them a command. They were naked. But they were naked because they had, yeah. Yeah. All right. I agree with that, that you totally. But uh, so the, the serpent was bound to be on the ground where, where all good snakes ought to be.
from then on. I don't know what he, I don't know what he would have been doing if he wasn't on the ground, but that's that's not an issue to to try to discuss today. But there were consequences. What happened to Eve? What was going to happen to her from then on? What's her punishment? Or for 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 women of mankind, their childbearing was going going to become painful, I guess, for lack of better words. I'm I'm not experiencing that, lady, so I I don't know how to articulate it very well. But I'll tell you when our uh, third grandchild, our grandson, was born. He was born on Christmas Day, and we had left Bowling Green, and his mother was already in the in the hospital and in labor, and we were rushing through a snowstorm to get down to the hospital in, in Nashville. And when we got off the end of the elevator, got off the elevator at the far end of the maternity ward. We could hear her. She, I think she was like 300 yards away. She was screaming, get him out of me, <laughs> to the doctors. She was, she was unhappy. She was in pain. And that's what, that's, that was the punishment that they, they, they brought on uh, Eve for all, all women. And what was uh, Adam's punishment? Say again. Yeah. That he'd be a, a toiler of the soil. He would work in the soil of the land from then on. So we see physical pain brought in, and we see a restriction putting, put on Adam for what I presume would have been something more uh, bearable than, than the, the, the hard work that it requires to be a tiller of the soil, especially in those days. Because he says, you know, the, the ground would not yield so easily the necessities of life. So it, it, um, I gather from that, that means even in, as a farmer, so to speak, he had hard times. He had hard times growing food for their, for their substance. And, of course, we know the, the, the problem with with the pain that was it was brought upon Eve for her uh, punishment, or so I'm trying to get ahead because I'm looking at the clock here. So when 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 they realize that they're naked and that's that's been been covered, they basically leave the garden. I think is is the the, the last part that I, I, I was going to want to talk to you about. And it says in verse 20, I think, and the man called his wife Eve because uh, she was the mother of all living. And uh, yeah. so they, they were leaving the garden. And that pretty much, uh, I think, covers everything that I had to, to talk about on this particular part of it. Anybody got any questions or, or have anything you want to add to it? As we, we've got, uh, shoot, go ahead. Uh, no, but I think it's just a precursor of things to come. Because we're, you know, we're, we're getting ready to, to move into chapter four 
because God knew what was, he knew what chapter 4 is all about. <laughs> so he's, he's, he's preparing her for that. Uh, but at, up to that point, no, she, she would not have known what it was like to have a child. But uh, I think he made that perfectly clear. Uh, we're, was that the first bell? Okay. Dale, when the second one rings, will you hold your hand up? Okay. Can somebody amplify that for me? I, I know you're talking. I'm sorry. My wife will tell you. And I, well, we're, we're about at it with a good stopping point anyway. So let me tell you the problem. I have a severe hearing loss. And uh, somebody convinced me not too long ago, about a month or so ago, to go have my hearing checked. So I went to an ear, nose, and throat specialist over in Gallatin, Tennessee, and they they did a hearing test on me. And this little girl, and I've, I've had those things multiple times in the past, but this was the first time I'd ever had done one done by a civilian doctor. And... Uh, and she was doing all these things, and I had to push the button when I heard certain things. And uh, so we completed the test. took about 10, 15 minutes. So she says, she took me to another room, and she said, Dr. Lee will be in to see you in just a few minutes. So my wife had been to Dr. Lee before, not for hearing, but for some other issues with her ears. And Dr. Lee came in, and don't take this the wrong way, but he, you know, doctors nowadays, they, they have a little cart that's about this tall, and they've got their laptop computers on it. And he walked in, and Dr. Lee was about as tall as his cart. And he says, Mr. Humphrey, I'm Dr. Lee. He says, I have the results of your hearing test here. He said, you see these lines here? They're all gray. You see all these lines, these circles and X's down here? I said, yes, sir. And he said, they're supposed to be up here. He said, you can't hear anything. <laughs> you need a hearing aid. So I really do. And, and we're working on that through VA. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's a hindrance. And I'm sorry, I, I, I just can't hear you when you, when you talk from there. So... Uh, Forbear with me, please. But the next chapter that uh, I guess, David, will you pick up there? Or you want me to finish, do next Sunday and finish up? Okay. Uh, Adam and Eve, you know, are going to have children, which goes back to the forbearance of the pain that, uh, that Eve brought on women. So you, all you ladies can thank her for the the pain that you suffered whenever you were delivering your child if you have those um, so we'll we'll take it uh, it's an early break we've had a good day today and uh, rather than starting in chapter four we'll just uh, go from there thank you for your participation uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next week <laughs>